The Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by Sleeper. You already play fantasy on Sleeper, but now you can win cold, hard cash with their over-under game. Just head to sleeper.com slash SGP on your phone to join the SGPN group and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. That's sleeper.com slash SGP. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and all of our free podcasts. I am here just to, to, to play tennis and to try to make uh, the best result possible here in Roland Garros. No? I, and if I don't believe that this thing can happen, uh, probably I will not be here. No? It's a place that I know well. Uh, um, it's a place that I... I consider the, the most important one in my tennis career, without a doubt, and with a lot of positive memories. I think Rafa, this place here, just watched him practice, and it's funny because me, my dad, and Serge Bruguera, we, we watched him practice, and all of a sudden, his foreign is just 20 miles an hour faster. He moves lighter on his feet. It's just, there's something about this court that makes him play 30% better. I'm obviously very happy to be playing this course again. Uh, I know this first round match is going to really uh, bring the best out of me. At least I will try. I don't look far into the tournament because I like to stay present and take every single match at a time. I'm happy I'm back because uh, I heard it can take on average six weeks to come back to playing tennis, but maybe more. For me, it was uh, four weeks where I took the racket and started playing tennis. Never really felt pain. Uh, I was for sure, yeah, some uh, for muscles, it's tough because for two, three weeks I was really doing nothing and that I had to do nothing. And physically, I'm feeling good, ready to play five sets. Uh, But let's see what happens first round. Um, Yeah, happy to be back. I did have a look at the draw. It's a, it's a very tough top top half of the men's draw, but there's something that you can't really affect. Uh, it is what it is. But for me, I'm really putting my thoughts on starting the tournament well against uh, Nishioka, and then I'll take it from there. The Red Courts of Paris. The biggest stage in clay court tennis. The French Open. You want it again. And again and again. And the game. To complete the Grand Slam is not easy. It's the ultimate challenge. First you need the Australian. Then you need the French. The French Open. Les Internationaux de France. Roland Garros. You are listening to your Roland Garros French Open 2022 preview here. Looking at the men's draw only on the sports gambling podcast network you can follow the sports gambling podcast network on twitter at the sgp network that's at the sgp network you can follow my twitter accounts as well they are at sgp soccer because i'm the host of the soccer gambling podcast they're also bet mefc i'm also the host of the bet mefc podcast and lockbetting.com is my premium site where we have delivered 
107 months in a row of transparent track profit and we are just a few weeks away from being able to say we have delivered 108 which will mean we've gone nine years without a single losing month in sports betting the twitter account for that is at lockbetting.com that's at lockbetting.com so lockbetting.com without the dot and that's where you'll find my pnl spreadsheets the pin tweet is always the previous month so if you look at the pin tweet right now you'll see it's the month of april have a look through that and look through the spreadsheet see the type of bets that we do see the type of stakes that we put out see the members comments at the bottom verifying everything so i use patreon because it allows me to be fully tracked and transparent and if you want to do a little bit more research look through the other spreadsheets as well go down to the bottom of the page you'll see little tags they say things like football nba tennis one of them says pnl click on pnl you'll see all of the other spreadsheets proving that this claim that i have made 108 months in a row of transparent track profit is legit if you want to get involved head over to lockbetting.com to be a part of the service there is still plenty to come this month not just the french open grand slam which we'll be covering exclusively over at lockbetting.com i'll be putting out picks every single day along with futures but also the end of the soccer season domestic soccer we have the europa conference league and the champions league as well the nba we're making money every single night almost in the nba we're having a phenomenal season we're having a phenomenal playoffs and we're also putting out plays in combat sports nhl and MLB as well. So if you want to get involved with the service that hasn't lost a single month in nine years, and that is a fact, it's a transparent tracked fact, you can go and have a look at the proof over on the spreadsheets. As I mentioned, head over to lockbetting.com. So moving on with our French Open preview, this is a fascinating tournament this year, especially because all three of the favourites have been put in the same half of the draw and all three of the favourites have an asterisk next to them in terms of why they can't win Roland Garros this year. So as we run through them, we'll talk about each of them individually and we'll even try to pick out who could possibly face them on the other side of the draw. We begin at the top where Novak Djokovic is the narrow favourite to win this year's French Open. He is available at 2-1 to one plus 200. Narrowly behind him, a guy that some casual tennis fans might not even be aware of. It's Carlos Alcaraz and he is available at 9-4. to four. So we have a very, very slight favourite here in Novak Djokovic. Rafa Nadal has moved out all the way to 4-1. to one. We'll talk more about that in a second. Stefanos Tsitsipas is at 9-2. to two. He's the first player in the other side of the draw. He's followed by Kasper Rudd, who's available here at 18-1, to one, also on the other side of the draw. There's a big drop-off from Stefanos Tsitsipas to Kasper Rudd. And what's interesting here is that Kasper Rudd is in the same quarter as Stefanos Tsitsipas. They're both in quarter three. So we have somebody here coming through from quarter four who is a ranked, ranked outsider. The favorite for quarter four is actually Janik Sinner, who's narrowly ahead of Andre Rublev. But they are well down the market here. You've got Zerev after Kasper Rudd at 25 to one. Then you have Sinner at 28 to 1 with Andre Rublev at 33 to 1 and Daniel Medvedev all the way down at 40 to 1 to win this clay court tournament obviously not his preferred surface now 
if we look at those top three, I said that there are question marks over all three of them. So we're going to run through those question marks here. Novak Djokovic is obviously the layoff. He didn't play the Australian Open due to COVID. And uh, Rafa Nadal produced a phenomenal performance from out of nowhere to actually win that event. He then went on a crazy win streak here to start the year off and obviously currently holds the Grand Slam record for the most number of Grand Slams won. Djokovic returned. He had some sloppy losses. He didn't even win his home tournament in Serbia, but... The favouritism is warranted because he is the greatest player of all time still, in my opinion, even though Nadal's gone ahead of him in the Grand Slam count. And he just won the ATP tournament in Rome. Carlos Alcaraz has beaten both Nadal and Djokovic recently. He is the new kid on the block. For years, we were talking about who is going to dethrone the big three, which was once the big four when Andy Murray was in it. But it has been Federer, Nadal and Djokovic for some time. And we were talking about Dominic Team. We were talking about Alexander Zverev. And then we were talking about Stefanos Tsitsipas. But that hasn't materialised. Instead, we have this new, new kid on the block. And he has a real chance of crashing the party here and winning this year's French Open. The question mark over him is can he do it over five sets when the pressure cooker is up at its highest? That is a big, big question that he'll need to answer in this Grand Slam tournament, but it does represent his best chance of winning a Grand Slam this year, in my opinion. He is followed by Rafa Nadal, who's all the way at 4-1. to one. Once again, with Rafa, it is injuries, but we heard that in the audio. Nadal said he wouldn't play this tournament if he felt like he couldn't win it if he didn't feel like he could win it. And we spoke about players that were saying that Nadal just looks 30% better immediately when he touches down on the clay. I mean, no shit. This is his home away from home. He's won 13 French Open titles. He is the greatest clay court player of all time. That is absolutely undisputed. And it's crazy here seeing him here at 4-1, to one, given the fact that he won the last Grand Slam tournament. Here he's playing on his favourite surface and a surface where he is the undisputed greatest of all time when he sets foot on the red clay surface. Now, moving on to the quarters markets, we start with quarter one, and this is the quarter that features Novak Djokovic and Rafa Nadal. Djokovic is quite a short favourite here, considering that Nadal is in the quarter. He is available at four to six minus one fifty, with Nadal at seven to four. Felix Agar Alarisim is at twelve to one. Schwarzman eighteen to one, and everybody else is thirty three to one or bigger. Now. I'm a big Novak Djokovic fan. I've made no secret about that. I thought the vaccination stuff and the whole ordeal in Australia was horrible. And I think that has made me want him to win it even more. It's also made me dislike Rafa Nadal somewhat because I felt like he was a little bit of a Judas in that situation, especially given that Novak Djokovic has done so much for Rafa Nadal's charities in the past. I thought the guys were were friends and he pretty much threw him under the bus saying, well, he knows what he needs to do and, and things of that nature. But despite that that bias, that doesn't ever come into my sports betting. And you have to respect the fact that Nadal was completely written off going into that tournament. He was a plus 600 bet to win the Australian Open because he was dealing with injury once again and illness. 
and a serious lack of match practice coming into that tournament. Yet, he still won it. It was his 21st Grand Slam title, breaking the tie with Djokovic and Nadal. Of those 21 titles, 13 have come here at the French Open. And I know Djokovic wasn't there, and a lot of people, including myself, alluded to that, but that's the Australian Open. I don't think it's that significant here on clay. Nadal has a 19-8 to head-to-head edge on clay. So that suggests that Djokovic is Djokovic being here doesn't exactly mean that's the end of Nadal's chances. This is all going to be down to the fact that he has a foot injury. If it's chronic, it's going to affect him. If it's not as bad as people think, then he's probably going to win the tournament because he's the greatest clay court player of all time. And he's going to be able to play his way into the tournament. He's not going to expend too much energy in the first round. In fact, it wouldn't surprise me greatly to see Nadal get to the quarterfinal and Djokovic get to the final and neither of them even drops a set while getting there. So I do feel that Rafa Nadal is being somewhat disrespected here by the line. And I wouldn't really want too much action in this quarter because I do genuinely feel that the potential quarterfinal between these two to determine who wins this quarter and goes to the semi, possibly against or probably against Carlos Alcaraz, is going to be somewhat of a toss-up. If Nadal has managed to navigate his way there comfortably, I do feel that he stands a shot of beating Novak Djokovic. And despite the fact I am an avid Djokovic fan, I do feel that this quarter line is somewhat disrespectful. Now, I have found some interesting markets here and it does relate to this selection. It's from Bet365 and it asked the question to meet in the tournament. So you have four potential quarterfinals here and you have to decide whether it's going to happen or whether it's not going to happen. The quarterfinal between Djokovic and Nadal is the only one that is odds on. In fact, it's significantly juiced at the price of 8-13. to 13. So it's 8-13, to 13, yes, on Djokovic to face Nadal. And it's 11-8 to 8 on no, that they won't face here in this tournament. Looking at the other options here, Zerev versus Carlos Alcaraz. Yes is 21 to 10 and no is 4 to 11. Andre Rublev versus Daniel Medvedev. Yes is a huge 12 to 1 with no at 1 to 25. I think I might like to blindly back that one because I think there's a better chance than 12 to 1 that these two could meet in the quarters. And at the same time, uh, Kasper Rudd versus Stefanos Tsitsipas. This one here is available at 11 to 4 with no being available at 1-4. to four. I think there is significant value on this selection. Tissipas is the favourite to win the quarter, but I think Kasper Rudd is a real threat, not only to get to this match, but to actually beat Stefanos Tissipas, who does struggle in Grand Slams with his mentality. We'll talk more about that when we get there. First of all, we need to discuss quarter two, where, of course, Carlos Alcarez is the standout player. Now, as I mentioned when I was going through the outright markets, if you're the kind of tennis fan who only tunes in for Grand Slams, then you'll be looking at Carlos Alcarez here being as a major shock. But this kid is 19 and he has earned his spot here among the favourites. 
Um, since the Australian Open, he's won four titles in six subsequent tournaments, including two Masters 1000s. His run to the Madrid Masters 1000 title on clay earlier this year was one which nobody will forget, and just probably the sole reason why he's so high in the market here. He had consecutive three-set wins over Nadal and Djokovic in the quarters before the semi-final he absolutely destroyed Alexander Zverev 6-3 6-1 in the final despite dealing with an ankle injury so I think the main question mark over him is can he handle the five sets because that's the thing we've already seen that he's able to beat Nadal We've already seen that he's able to beat Djokovic. We've already seen that the so-called up-and-comers who are going to challenge the big three, he's destroyed one of them in Sasha Zerev. So the question mark is, can he step up to the five-set environment? I think all of those questions will be answered, obviously, this week. But as for this quarter, I think Carlos Alcaraz, even at 4-6-150, to six minus 150, is a significantly better play than taking Novak Djokovic at exactly the same price when he may have to navigate a quarterfinal against Rafa Nadal, whereas Carlos Alcaraz is coming up against Alexander Zverev potentially, and that's a player he just destroyed one and three in an ATP Masters final. So you have Carlos Alcaraz at four to six, you have Alexander Zverev at nine to two. After them, you have uh, Cameron Norrie at twelve to one, Sebastian Bays at twelve to one. Davidoff for Keener at 16 to 1, Taylor Fritz at 16 to 1, Dominic Team, a former champion who can't get it together since he's tried to come back at 20 to 1. And after that, everybody else is 25 to 1 or bigger. For me, this is probably the best bet of the bunch. I think when we're looking for a lock later on, this will certainly be in the conversation. Carlos Alcaraz here to win quarter two. We now move on to quarter three. This is something that I touched on earlier. Stefanos Tsitsipas is at five to six to win this quarter with Kasper Rudd at 10 to three. Big gap after that with David Goffin at 12 to one. I think Denis Shapovalov is very much the value pick here at 14 to one. I don't think he should be as big as that. He's a player that just beat Rafa Nadal. Then you have Herbert Husky at 14 to one, but he's really a, a big server who's better on the hard court. And then Lorenzo Massetti at 16 to one. I think Kasper Rudd has to be the selection you circle here with a little sprinkle on Shapovalov. Tissipas is too temperamental. I would never back him to win a quarter as an odds on favourite. If we were getting plus money here, it might be worth a shout. This is probably his favourite surface. I know that he has a good game for grass, but he's never really turned up there. I think this is his favourite surface, but I think Kasper Rudd is definitely worth a shout here. He's been very, very consistent on the surface, and I think there's value there at 10 to 3. I think everybody will fancy their chances in this quarter, even as far down as um, Lorenzo Massetti, but I would certainly have a sprinkle on Denis Shapovalov as well. But let's let's be straight here. Stefanos Tsitsipas should win this quarter. He's the fourth favourite here. There is a narrative that Carlos Alcaraz and Nadal and Djokovic could take so much out of each other winning the other side and getting to the final that Tsitsipas has a real chance of getting over the line at this time. He is much closer to the three guys um, than the rest of the field, those three favourites, especially on his surface, which is proven to be his best surface. He was two sets up 
against uh, Djokovic in the French Open final last year. And he posted, and he ended up losing, of course, and he posted a 14-3 record on clay in 2022, where so far with losses to Alcaraz, Zverev and Djokovic. So he should... He should win this quarter, but he's just notoriously unreliable and he still hasn't got that temperament under control. But it wouldn't surprise me to see him win this quarter and it wouldn't even surprise me to see him in the final. But I do think that once again, if he does get there, he'll fall at the last hurdle. Moving on to quarter four. The final quarter here, and this one is completely wide open. Um, some people have Sinner and Rublev level. I've gone to a book that has Sinner as a slight favourite at three to one. Andre Rublev is at ten to three. Daniel Medvedev at five to one. Kamachevich at seven to one. PCB Pablo Kronobusta eight to one. Uh, Marin Cilic twenty to one. Christian Garin twenty five to one. And everybody else is bigger than twenty eight to one. So. This is a wide open tournament. It's a wide open half. I do believe that it doesn't matter who gets through on the other side from quarters three and four, whether it be uh, Janik Sinner or Andre Rublev or Daniel Medvedev from quarter four, whether it be Kasper Rudd or Stefanos Tsitsipas or, or anybody else from quarter three. Ultimately, I do think that the winner of the other half will have enough gas in the tank to get over the line. I think they're just far superior on the surface. I think mentally, Djokovic and Nadal just break you down. Seeing him on the other side of the court, their mental strength is second to none. Nadal proved that winning the Australian Open, and I think they're going to be very difficult nuts to crack. I think with Carlos Alcaraz, there's more of a chance because obviously there is the fact that he's just 19 years old, a teenager to factor in. And he could melt down at the final hurdle. He could melt down when it comes down to finally getting it done and getting over the line, even though he has the game to win this. But we didn't see that with Emma Raducanu in the, in the US Open. These young players nowadays are finding a way to deal with things mentally a lot better. So I don't think that's likely. I do think that it's going to be more of a case of can he handle the five sets? It's very, very difficult for me to pick a winner. I would lean Novak Djokovic, not because I'm a Djokovic fan, but I just think the the fuck you factor does mean something, along with the fact that the timing is there. He just seems to have put it all together just at the right time. He got off to... A rocky start at the start of 2022, but he's just won the Italian Open and looked like his old self. He didn't drop a set during that run and uh, his Masters run obviously was aided by the fact that Carlos Alcaraz skipped the tournament due to ankle injury and Rafa Nadal was hampered by a foot injury and ended up losing to Denis Shapovalov. But nonetheless, it will give him plenty of confidence here going into Roland Garros. And there's the fuck you factor with everything that happened in the Australian Open. He'll be pissed off. He'll want to win this badly. And still, he's the same man who came one match away from winning all four Grand Slams in 2021. In fact, he could have won the Olympics as well. He lost two finals, but he was in every final last year and won three of them. It's the same man. I don't think those months off is going to make that much of a difference. And the rust seems to be coming off now, which subsequently resulted in him winning the Masters 1000 Italian Open. So he's my pick to win it. As I said, you can get all of my official plays and a lot more futures 
over at lockbetting.com if you upgrade to the top package. We are phenomenal on tennis. It's one of our strongest sports. We've had a very, very strong start with tennis in 2022, and we hope that it continues here through the French Open. So we're going to be pay post. We're going to be posting out our futures, and then we're going to be posting out picks every single day here for the tournament. I am going to give you a lock though to close out the show, and I think the standout play for me here has to be for Carlos Alcaraz to win quarter two. I don't see anybody stopping him here. And I actually think there's value with the selection being priced at four to six minus 150. That's it for me and your French Open preview. Good luck with all your bets as always. And thanks for listening.